Good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Tim Briscoe. Yeah, it's really lovely to see you all. I know that I'm speaking to many at uh, Sarepta Church, and you know we've been part of you guys since 1991. And I know that some of you that are listening here are not part of that community. You're welcome. It's a pleasure that we can share this this teaching together. So if you don't know, my wife and I, we normally live in Egypt, and we've been there for nearly 11 years. But at the beginning of this uh, lockdown period, we we needed to leave Egypt in early March to to attend to critical issues within our family. And we thank God that many of those critical issues have now been sorted or much better. Um, we long to be back in Egypt, but uh, we can't move from South Africa at the moment. Um, but it's just a pleasure for us, for me to share this morning. Al Blackman asked me to just try and hear what the Lord is saying at this time for you guys and what he's saying to me as well. And I had this very clear word that came and it was choose life. Choose life. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that uh, this is a new day. Lord, thank you that you speak to us each day. We do want to choose life. But you know where many of us are today. Some of us are tired. Some of us really, we don't want any pep talk. We just want to hear from you, Lord God. That's really what we need this morning, is that you as our Father would speak to us, that you would encourage us, that you would put us in a new place after what we hear. And we desperately need you this morning. Um, and we thank you that you hear us when we pray. We thank you that you nurture us and you reveal truth to us as we hear your word. So would you do that this morning? Would you do something new and fresh in each of us as we understand a little bit more about what it is to choose life? In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen. Well, the other day we went for a drive to just to get out of the Durban environment and we took a drive to some friends in Richmond and it's just nice to get out of the city, isn't it? And KwaZulu-Natal in winter is really lovely. It, was, it had just rained so the, this, it was just clear and clean and blue skies and it's just lovely. And so this morning I want to take a bit of a drive through the Bible. Um, and I'd like us to stop in three places and really take in what I believe the Lord is wanting to speak to each of us this morning. And the first place that we're going to arrive at and be together at is on the eastern side of the Jordan River. We're there with Moses. We're there with the Israelite community. And maybe they can see across to the promised land. They've wandered around in the wilderness for nearly 40 years and they're ready to go across. Moses can't go across because he didn't do everything the Lord asked him to do. But uh, there's some instructions here in the book of Deuteronomy, which is the fifth of the five books, first five books of the Bible, known as the Torah. And uh, let's hear what the Lord said to Moses. This is Deuteronomy chapter 30. I'm reading from verse 15 to 20. Now listen, today I'm giving you a choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. For I command you this day to love the Lord your God and to keep his commands, 
decrees and regulations by walking in his ways. If you do this, you will live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you and the land you are about to enter and occupy. But if your heart turns away and you refuse to listen, and if you are drawn away to serve and worship other gods, then I warn you now that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live a long, good life in the land you are crossing the Jordan to occupy. Today, I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him and committing yourself firmly to him. He is the key to your life. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. That's a sweet word. When, when I, the Lord directed me towards that, I thought that's a good word for all of us. To. The first thing it says is that now listen, we, we need to listen. We're really bad at listening as human beings, all of us. And we need to listen to what God says to us. And he doesn't just say, listen now. Here it says, now listen today. Now that word today is found throughout the scriptures. And I would like to say God doesn't say, listen this year or listen this month. He says, listen today. He says it regularly throughout the scriptures. Each day is important to God. He asks us really only to focus on each day. And today is a new day. And you and I have an opportunity to listen to what he has to say. Make that daily choice to listen to him. And then comes a command. He commands Moses to tell the people to love God. Now, maybe for us in this modern era, for someone to command us, we probably would shut our ears off. But when God uses the word command, when Jesus uses the word command, it's really serious. And here he's commanding us to love him. That's the most important thing to God, to love him. And it's crucial. It's crucial because he says here and he says often in scripture, it's a difference between life and death. That to love God, he goes on to say in this very scripture, is that we walk in his ways. How are we doing with that? I tell you, these last few months of of Corona have been challenging for so many people. Just how it shattered our lives, how it transforms how we live each life, the choices that we are limited with, how we have to take care of our lives for, for the sake of others. And the Lord, what the scriptures here this morning are saying, listen to God today. Love him. Love him and walk in his ways. It's, it sounds really simple, but it's, it's not Because in verse 19, I love the way the Lord says in verse 19, uh, today I give you this choice. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. I mean, he's dealing with a generation of Israelites who didn't choose life. 
who ended up dying in those last 40 years. And this is the new generation with the hope of going into the promised land. And he's encouraging them to choose life. And as we look at each day, can you choose to love God? Can you choose to walk in his ways? That's all that he requires of us. And if we love somebody and we focus our attention on that, we can grow in that love. But we have to be intentional about it. What is a practical way of walking with God? And for all of us, I want to say it's very different. There are things that he might be asking you to do which are different to me. But as as I've been locked down here in South Africa, I've asked the Lord, what is, what is a way in which I can remain healthy, how, how I can even grow in health? And you know what he said to me? Walk with me every day. Literally, take half an hour walk, an hour walk, or an hour and a half walk each day. I can do it on my own. Quite happy with my walking off on my own. I'm also I love to do it with Ingrid, my wife, and if if there are family members that want to walk as well, we've done that. But walk with me. Start the day by walking and focusing your mind on me, listening to what I'm saying to you, what's going on in your heart, what's disturbing you, and I'm finding that that is actually giving me a, a, a hugely helpful during this time. I usually used to like walking. I certainly walk in Egypt, but not every day. But doing it every day has been huge for me. And I'm not saying you should now start walking, but I am saying ask the Lord what would be useful for you in your circumstance, that you may start the day in a way focusing on him, beginning to love him in a new way, intentionally loving him. Spend five, ten minutes with him, even if it's just switching off in his presence or opening the word, or sitting on the veranda with your coffee and looking out at whatever's in front of you. Hopefully it's nice. You know, just listen to what he's asking you to do to start each day. And another thing that's been important to me in how to love God and how to walk in his ways is is, is spending time with family and friends. It's been That's been a, a good thing with this corona, that we've had our two children with us. But you know, the four of us can still be in the house and you can still not have a good time with each other. Everyone can go off into their own corner and read their phones or do whatever they need to do or the work that I have to do every day. And you don't make that valuable connection each day. So I have made a conscious choice to try and connect with Ings, my wife, and the two kids, Sam and Chris, when I can. And that can be maybe a serious discussion about what's going on in their lives or it may very well be a game that we play together or watch some football together or whatever, or go for a walk along the beachfront, whatever it is that it's like, yeah, this is good quality time with my family. And it's enriched our family and it's strengthened our family. And I know some people, gee, they're in these houses with family members and they don't want to do. You have to choose to love those around you and spend time with them and take the initiative. And it makes a world of difference. A world of difference. And my friends in Egypt who I've lost, not lost contact with, but we just don't see each other regularly, I've called them up. I have video calls with them, and it's been very encouraging both ways. We get to talk about normal life stuff. I get to talk Arabic, which is, I really miss that at times. And then we get, sometimes we get to pray uh, with each other. We get to hear about what's going on in their families. And it's just an encouragement to both of us. 
And whenever we connect with each other, it's like, ah, oh, okay, I'm not just locked into this world that I can't do anything with. We can have these choices and we have this wonderful access to internet that we can use so well. Okay, let's uh, carry on driving. We're going to cross the Jordan into the area of Palestine and go forward several hundred years to the time of Jesus. And Jesus uh, in, in Matthew is recorded as having a particular teaching on a mountain. In Luke, it's in a valley. It doesn't really matter where it is. But what's important is that there are three chapters in Matthew that if we as Christians were to regularly read them, I guarantee you they would transform our lives and those around us and those we work with. And if we as communities of Christians, I tell you, it would transform the world, but we don't. And that's Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 6, and Matthew chapter 7. And if we go to the end of chapter 7, have a look what it says. Maybe some of you are familiar with it, but I'll read it. Uh, Matthew chapter 7 from verse 20, from verse 24. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and ignores it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against the house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. How's your house? Do you, do you sense that your house is solid? Have you weathered the storms of these last few months? Because I can say as I look at my own life, there are areas of my house that are not on solid ground. I've had to work at how patience and being frustrated by circumstances and not being able to do what's normal for me. And, and I look at my house and I think, gee, that's, that area of my house is pretty weak. It's not on, it's not on God's word. It's not on how he instructs me to deal with life in a patient way. It's really on my own selfish, uh, anger and frustration. And it's weak. That foundation is weak. And I've really tried to focus on it in these last, uh, few months. And it's, there's been a difference. There's been a real difference. But when we look at the teaching of Jesus, it's just, in particularly in these three chapters, it, there's so much good advice. Okay, there's some tough verses in there where you need to love your enemies. Um, none of us finds that very easy. But even as you start off in chapter 5, it says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And there are people that we know that have lost loved ones at this time. That's really tough. And there's a wonderful promise there that as you mourn, as you're in this mourning a loss of someone that you've loved, God promises to comfort you. It is a, a, a decision to focus on him and say, Lord, please comfort me. But he does comfort us. In chapter 6 of Matthew, you can see how to pray. If you're new in your faith, look at that simple prayer, which starts with our Father, which starts with asking Him to, for His will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. That, As we read in Deuteronomy, now here with the teachings of Jesus, walk in His ways. Help us to walk in your ways every day. And, yeah, and not to worry. There's another 
at the end of chapter 6, I think it is, it says, don't worry about your needs. You know what? We do worry. I know that some of you have lost your jobs. Some of you have reduced incomes. Some of you are still looking for work. And it's just such a difficult time to look for that. And the Lord Jesus says to you, don't worry. You know what? You can go back to him and say, I do worry. Help me not to worry. And he will comfort you. He might even lead you another step towards worrying less, doing something about your circumstance, maybe talking to somebody about it that you can share this burden that maybe you're carrying all on your own or that you're carrying for your family and you don't feel supported in the family. That's the beauty of what the Lord shows us, that we can approach God with our needs and he will meet them. He will meet all your needs. Let's carry on driving to the third and last stop. And we're going into Europe, into the area of Macedonia, to the city of Thessalonica, and to a church community. A church community that was having a really hard time. They were being persecuted, and um, it was a difficult time for the church of Thessalonica. And Paul, who had helped start the church, wanted sent them these two letters, one and two Thessalonica, to encourage them. And at the, at the end of chapter 1 of Second Thessalonians, let's go there now. So Second Thessalonians chapter 1, I'm reading from verse 11 and verse 12. Paul says to the church, so keep on praying. We, I beg your pardon, I'll start again. So we keep on praying for you, asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. May he give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. Then the name of our Lord Jesus will be honored because of the way you live, and you will be honored along with him. This is all made possible because of the grace of our God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul hasn't forgotten his church in Thessalonica. And he says, we keep on praying for you. Now I know, having been through different circumstances in my life, when someone says we're praying for you, I am encouraged by that. But sometimes I feel that some people just say that. Now here Paul is saying, we, so we keep on praying for you. And he says, in what way? He keeps on praying for you. He says, they keep asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. Now, that's a good prayer to pray. That he's praying that God will enable them to live a life that is worthy of what God wants of them. That's really nice. God asks us to walk in his ways. God asks us to love him. And Paul is praying that God will enable them to do that. That they, he, they also ask God that may he give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. It's really good to ask God for your own personal needs, but to be a healthy human being is not just to think about yourself. 
It's one of the things that frustrates me so much about our Western culture and the way it is influencing the rest of the world, that it's all about me, all about me being satisfied, all about me getting what I want. And thank goodness we have the scriptures, the teachings of Jesus, which make it very clear it's not all about you. You are very important. The Lord is working in your heart, but you are to think of others. You are to pray for others. And as you pray for others, you are less selfish. I've seen, even in my own life, just the selfishness that wells up and then the mood that comes after that. It's horrendous and it's shameful. And I've had to say sorry in the last few months, just how that is. I've seen it in my life. But when we are thinking about others, when we are praying for them, when we are praying that God will enable them to live the life that God wants them to live. That's an unselfish thing to do. And it's a wonderful thing to do. Because it connects us with what God is doing in this world. Which is way more than just what he's doing in my heart. You, Sarepta, are a church community. Those of you who are listening who are not part of Sarepta. I really hope you, you are part of a church community. Because church communities pray for one another, and they care for one another. They listen to where each other is at. And I know some people are carrying heavy burdens, even pastors and leaders of churches at this time are carrying heavy burdens for their communities. It's, it's not an easy time to be church. But if we all are church, if we are all praying for one another, you have a church that is strong, they're not just calling someone up because you have a need that needs to be satisfied. You're actually praying for someone else. Even if you have a genuine need, pray for others that have needs as well. Pray for your friends. Maybe you don't know their circumstances, but pray for them. That the Lord would lift them up and strengthen them. And even as in Matthew says, even pray for those who you don't like in your community, who annoy you. Pray that God would strengthen them and transform them as he's transforming you. And as we think like that, the application of us loving God and walking in his ways is that we're actually including others in that whole process. And so my application in these last few months of that is praying for those in hard places. My friends in Egypt, one particular friend, he's Muslim, who's come to faith in Christ, completely surrounded by other Muslims. Another friend that I've recently got to know in Algeria, their churches have been shut by the government in the last few months, and they can't go to the places of worship. And so they're meeting in homes, and that's tough. We, we can't go to church because of health reasons. They can't go to church because they're not allowed to go to church. Yeah, so remember those who you know that are struggling, even if you don't know their names, pray for those in difficult circumstances and pray for the hard people, as I've already said. Pray for those that you love, of course. Remember them. I try to remember my family and my kids regularly and it just keeps my heart open to them. Even if people that I know are struggling with stuff, making bad choices, we can still pray for them, that the Lord have mercy, that the Lord would strengthen them, that the Lord would empower them and enable them to be what he wants them to be. So as we've gone on this drive together, I really hope that you've seen that it is a good thing to choose life. 
It is a good thing to choose to love God. It's a good thing and a healthy thing to walk day by day in his ways. And it's a good thing to choose to pray for others. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we would ask that you would help us to put what we've heard into practice. I pray now and anyone that needs your touch, needs your strengthening, that you would enable them by your Holy Spirit to open their hearts and minds to more of you. Take away the rotten stuff. Strengthen the foundations that are weak. Help us, Lord, to be more healthy in you today and in the days ahead. And we choose life. We choose your life, Lord God. We choose the life that Jesus gives us every day. And we thank you that you are with us. We are so, so grateful for that. Amen. Thank you, everyone. And uh, have a good day and week and month. And until we meet again, take care.